open up your Bibles and your notebooks and let's get into the Word today. Are you ready for God's Word? We're talking about winning in the waiting, winning in the waiting. Today's message is actually appropriate because it's something my dad, when I was growing up, was one of those talks I had with him that always stuck with me. I can remember about three or four conversations with my dad uh, that just stayed with me. And this was one of them. And he talked about the power of seed, time, and harvest. He talked about that spiritual law being one of the most intricate and important laws that I needed to remember as a young man. There is a seed sown and there's a harvest coming, so be careful what you sow. And so I wanna thank my dad for making sure that was a high priority in my life. But I wanted to say that and bring it to our attention today because our world does not talk about tomorrow. They want you to make choices about today. They want you to react today. And so today, in talking about winning in the waiting, is a conversation about what we do today impacts what happens tomorrow and the years to come. Are you ready? Genesis chapter eight, verse 22. The Bible says it like this in the King James. says, while the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest. There will be seed time and harvest. I like to break that into an equation. Write it in your notes this way. Seed plus time equals harvest. Seed plus time equals harvest. That's the equation, and it rings true as long as the earth remains. Is the earth remaining right now? So this principle, according to God, is still happening. As a matter of fact, everything Marvin just talked about with our missionary is the result of seed plus time equals harvest. And we were just saying, oh, wow, look how much is happening right now. It's like Overnight, it just seems like all this prosperity and blessing and harvest. You want to know why that harvest is there? Because 46 years ago, some missionaries went and started planting some seeds. Do you understand that? People oftentimes walk in at the end of a story and they, they look at it and say, man, you're an overnight success. And the person normally says it was a very long night because it's, nothing's an overnight success. There was years of unseen work. There was years of seed and plowing and sowing. And then you get to harvest. Amen, that principle will always ring true. This is how God operates. The Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 46, verse 10, I want you to see this. The Bible says that God speaks the end of a thing from the beginning. God speaks the end from the beginning. Are you understanding this? So what God wants, he sees it in the future. Now God lives in that future, obviously, but he begins to speak it down the timeline. It could be, 10 years, 100 years, 1,000 years, a millennium earlier, God will declare and sow the seed for what it is that he sees down the timeline. Now, I'm gonna use this illustration throughout the day. This is my little planting pot. Say hi, planting pot. (laughs) This is gonna represent what you do today. And I'm gonna walk over here to these chairs and I'll explain it a little later. This is the future. So God sees what he wants. And then he comes down here, back in the timeline, and he begins to plant the seeds in order to produce that which he wants. Do you understand that? It's an easy illustration, right? That's where we're going today. God speaks the end because he sees it, he knows what the end's gonna be. He speaks it from here, from the beginning. God seeds. So what are the seeds that God plants in the beginning? What are the seeds that God plants in the little planting pot? God's seeds are things like his word. 
So God foresees something or desires something 100 years, 1,000 years into the future. We call it prophecy. Do you understand that, church? That's why God sends prophets. They begin to speak or sow the seeds of God's word for where he's bringing you or where he's bringing the nation or what he's going to produce years down the line. God sows his word like a seed and what he sends his word out to accomplish, he will, it will perform, it will happen. His word is not just God talking, he's releasing the power, it is a seed of his will being planted somewhere in the timeline and then that word, that seed will produce. Seed plus time equals harvest. And so God's word is seed. That's why we sow it into the nations. That's why we sow it into our neighbors. That's why we speak God's word into our children. You're sowing seed into their life, into their future. And God's word will not return void. Somebody say amen. So God uses his word like a seed. God also uses his actions as a seed. Your words are seeds. Your actions are seeds. God sent his son as a seed. Amen. He was prophesied to be the seed, that he would produce a harvest of many sons and daughters into his kingdom and his family. Jesus was God's seed that he sowed. That's an action. God sowed his son that we may all reap eternal life. God sowed the Holy Spirit as a seed because he saw a church that would be filled with power, power over sin, power over the devil, power over death. And that was God sowing his Holy Spirit as a seed in that upper room. Praise God. But do you see how it all begins? Do you see how God foresaw what he wanted? He wanted a powerful church. He wants a glorious church. He wants a spotless bride. He wants a house filled with sons and daughters. And so then he goes backward in time. Now this isn't theologically correct. I'm just explaining to you in our natural minds, because God is outside of time. But in our natural minds, God knows what he wants. And then he comes backward in our timeline and he begins to sow the seeds to get what he wants. Are you following the equation? The Bible even tells us that in Revelation chapter 13, verse 8, that Jesus Christ was the lamb slain or sacrificed at the foundation of the world. So that means God already had a plan to redeem us, to forgive us. Jesus came over 4,000 years after the Garden of Eden. Are you understanding this? Which means God already had a desire for what he wanted way back here, and he began to prophesy even to Eve that she would, her seed would crush and bruise the head of the enemy. Amen. I just want you to see the foreknowledge of God, the way this thing works. God put this thing into practice. He sees what he wants way down the timeline, and he comes way over here and he begins to sow real seeds, his word, his actions, creating a nation, protecting that nation, bringing Christ, his son, through that nation, making a covenant with Abraham. All these words and actions are seeds to create something he desires way down the timeline, but they're all connected to seed. They go through a period of time and they produce harvest. Amen? None of that harvest just came out of thin air. All of the harvest comes through a seed sown. 
and time. This series is winning in the waiting. By understanding this, it may help us be patient. It may help us focus on the seed sowing part and trust that those seeds will produce the harvest in due time. Someone say due time. The Bible talks about due time. The Bible talks about an appointed time. Though the vision tarry, wait for it. As long as you sowed the seed that God told you to sow, then the harvest is guaranteed on the other side. It's sure. And you can be patient in the seed, trusting in the seed, be patient in the time, and understand there will be harvest someday. Whether it's in your lifetime or beyond your lifetime, those seeds of righteousness, of faithfulness, will produce because the word of God is true. And because God is faithful to produce what he said. Are you excited about that? But let's understand the power of this culture and church. I really feel like lately God's been having us in a discipleship conversation because there's so much happening to encourage people to not think about what's coming. And they're sowing all kinds of seeds that are full of sin and wickedness and unrighteousness. And my friends, there will come a harvest of sin, wickedness, and unrighteousness. But we don't want to think about the harvest of sinfulness, wickedness, and harvest. We don't want to think about what we're creating in our culture by taking all the boundaries off and letting people do whatever feels good or whatever they think is right, though it's completely in darkness. Those words, those actions are seeds that will produce harvest because this principle doesn't just work for righteousness' sake, it works in darkness and wickedness' sake as well. There is a harvest connected to the seeds you sow. But we don't want to think about what's coming. We just want to do what feels good now. We talked about this last week. Our whole culture is promoting, what do I want right now? What do I feel right now? What do I think right now? And what do I see right now? Everything we're doing is based on right now. I feel like I want to do this right now with no thought of the future harvest that may be on the other side of that action. According to what I see right now, this is the way I should live my life because I see it in my society. This is the way society says everything is going. But you know, societies come and go. Kingdoms rise, kingdoms fall. People's opinion of what's right and wrong falls and up and down all the time. It is God's truth and word that remains consistent and stands forever. And so this conversation, I believe, is so important, not just to our young people, because all of us are getting inundated with what to believe, what to do. And I'm warning us today that everything you think, say, and do becomes a seed towards a future harvest that you will reap because you will reap what you sow. It is a law. You will reap what you sow. It is a law. Amen? We're designed to be like God. We make choices realizing they're linked to the future. We don't ignore the future. We can imagine a future that we desire. God gave us an imagination. Isn't that wonderful? He gave us the ability to imagine something bigger and beyond what you see today. That's powerful, my friends. 
People imagine a building that doesn't exist and they can create that building. People can imagine a book. I think it's amazing how people can make a whole planet and language and all kinds of stuff and they just imagine it and they bring it about and we read it like it always existed. God gave us an imagination, but not to imagine wickedness, not to imagine perversion, but to imagine possibilities and blessings and to be a creative spirit like he's creative. The ability to imagine 10 years from now, 20, 30 years from now, but then to be like him and imitate him and begin to sow seeds towards that thing we imagine. Because here's the other part. You can imagine it all you want, but if you don't begin to sow the seeds towards it, it'll never manifest. There are people that'll hope and a wish and, a, and even a pray, but if you don't sow the thoughts, the actions, then that thing just stays in the imagination. God gave you the imagination to help you see beyond what is, but then he gave us the biblical principle of seed plus time equals harvest. Are you excited about this, church? Are you understanding the practical importance of what I'm talking to you about today? Praise God. Let's talk about seeds. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 through 10 from the Phillips translation. Do not be under any illusion. You cannot make a fool of God. A man's harvest in life will depend entirely on what he sows. Your harvest is connected entirely upon what you sow. If you sow to your lower nature, your harvest will be of decay, death from your own nature. If you sow to the Spirit, you will reap the harvest of everlasting life by the Spirit. Let us not grow tired in doing good. For unless we throw in our hand, the ultimate harvest is assured. Let us then do good to all men as opportunity offers, especially to those who belong to the Christian household. And so you see here that you have the opportunity to sow towards the flesh or you sow towards the spirit. And there's a harvest on the other end of that thing. And even when you're sowing towards the spirit, there's a warning. And the warning says this, don't get tired in doing good. Why is there that phrase there, that warning there? Because he's reminding you that there's a time gap. Time between you and you first started sowing and when you see the harvest. And he's basically prophesying, saying, when the days feel long, when the years feel like they're not producing, just be faithful because there will be a harvest. It is guaranteed. Somebody get excited about that. Yeah. Amen. So you can sow towards the flesh, say flesh, or you can sow towards the spirit. That's really the conversation today. Are you sowing towards the flesh are you sowing towards the Spirit? Let's talk about that. The seeds, please make sure you're writing these down. I've said it kind of vaguely a couple of times. I want to make sure I'm very specific. What would be our seeds that we're putting in our little planter's pot? Our seeds are, write it down, your thoughts. Thoughts are seeds. Your words. Your words are seeds. And your actions. Your actions are seeds. All of those things our seeds. The things we let ourselves imagine and conceive, those are seeds in our soul. Those are seeds in our life and in our future. The things we begin to talk about, those are all those phrases, all those words are seeds into our heart, into our spirit and soul, into others, and our actions are all seeds. Did you write them down? Excellent. Sowing towards the flesh. Seeds towards the flesh do not look 
like adultery, murder, stealing, alcoholism, drug addiction, divorce. They don't look like death. Seeds look like a little thing. Here's a little packet of seeds. This is parsley. Anybody want some parsley? Yeah? Let me show you. Seeds don't look very large. I don't know if you can see that on the camera. Seeds look like a little thing. Is there a camera there? Hey, camera. It doesn't look like the full-grown bush. It doesn't look like the full-grown plant. Please grab this in your spirit. This is so important right now. Adultery doesn't look like a wrecked marriage. Adultery doesn't look like a family shattered in heartache. Adultery starts like a little thing. But it's a seed. It's a thought. It's some words. Seemingly harmless little thing. But when it grows full grown, it looks like adultery. Murder doesn't look like murder in the beginning. It just looks like a thought of anger, vengeance, bitterness. And it turns into some words maybe. And who knows what will happen as the days go on. What I'm trying to tell you is it starts as a seed. It doesn't look like the full-grown harvest. Are you understanding that, church? Addiction, drug addiction, alcoholism doesn't look like a big thing. It doesn't look like a person strung out, running the streets, stealing from their family. It doesn't look like any of that. It just looks like a little bit of this and a little bit of fun and a little bit of, you know, feeling better about something. And just, it just looks like a little thing. It just looks like a little thing. Seeds towards the flesh do not look like adultery, murder, stealing, alcoholism, drug addiction, divorce, and death. They look like a little thing. Just a few words here or there. Just one little small choice here or there. Just one little thought that we didn't take captive. And we let it rehearse in our mind. Now I'm going to get to the good in just a minute because the same thing is true towards righteousness. But let's first talk about this warning towards the flesh. Adultery and fornication. By the way, the word fornication may help out some of our, our, our individuals who like to say, well, the Bible doesn't say you can't have sex before marriage. I've had people come to me. I've searched the whole scripture, and it never says you can't have sex before marriage. It's because it uses the word fornication. You're looking at the wrong word. Adultery, fornication, adultery is having sex with someone that's not your spouse. Fornication, stirring up unrighteous lusts that cannot righteously be fulfilled outside of marriage. It's the same, adultery, fornication. It, the Bible doesn't say what you're looking for. Don't have sex before marriage in that way. It says adultery and fornication. Can I get a witness? Amen. Amen. But let me say this. Adultery or fornication doesn't begin in the bedroom. It begins with a look. And the look turns into a little more looking and more of a stare. And the stare turns into a thought. Do you see this pattern? It's just a little thing. It's just a little seed. It turns into a thought that forms inside your imagination. 
And then, at some point, turns into an action, which brings you then the fruit and the harvest that's connected to fornication and adultery. It begins as a seed, not as the fruit. It begins as a seed, not as a fruit. The book of James chapter 1 says it like this, 14 through 15, the Amplified Version says, But every person is tempted when he's drawn away, enticed and baited by his own evil desires, lusts or passions. Then the, de- then the evil desire, listen to this, when it has conceived, formed a mental image is what that word conceived means. See, so there's an evil desire that comes, and, and rather than taking it captive or shooing it away or reaching out for some help, we allow that stare to become a thought, and once that thought is conceived, and the word conceived means forming a mental image, so now your imagination is kicking in and fulfilling that unrighteous choice, right? When that has conceived, it gives birth to sin. When it's fully matured, it will bring forth death. It's powerful, isn't it? But it doesn't start like adultery. It doesn't start like fornication. It doesn't start like drug addiction. It doesn't start like murder in our hearts. It doesn't start like any of that. It just starts like a little thing, a little thought that we didn't take captive, a little seed that we allowed to germinate in our head, and turning it into mental images. It's forming an image. And at some point, it will turn into an action, and the end of that action will be a harvest of death. We continue to sow seeds towards our flesh because we do not see or believe there is a harvest coming. Because you're forgetting the principle. It's seed plus time equals harvest. And so we continue to sow seeds towards the flesh because, hey, it's not hurting, is it? I'm hiding it. I have it under control. Nobody's getting hurt by this. The Bible must be wrong because I'm committing sin and I'm getting all that I thought I wanted. I'm fulfilling my physical desires and I feel pretty happy and content right now. You've forgotten the principle. Seed plus time, there's a harvest coming and it's a harvest of death. Are you understanding this, church? We don't necessarily believe this principle, which is why we keep putting more seeds in the ground of unrighteousness, more seeds in the ground, because we're getting away with it. You will never get away with it. You'll never get away with it. This law will manifest. This law will manifest. The Bible already tells us that for all sinful seeds, there is death. It's on the warning label. Are you understanding? It's like a cigarette box where it says, causes cancer, but yet we don't have cancer right now, so we'll just ignore the warning label. Do the same thing with the Word of God. You know what the Word of God says? For the wages of sin will always lead to death. Always. Even if we're like, well, I'm getting away with it. You will never get away with it. Something will be stolen, killed, or destroyed whether it's your dreams, whether it's your marriage, whether it's your children, whether it's your freedom because now your habits own you, you're not owning those habits, something will die. The wages of sin 
will always lead to death. You will never be able to sow unrighteousness and harvest a positive harvest. Amen. Now let's talk about the Spirit. Can we talk about the Spirit for a bit? Sowing to the Spirit. Say, sowing to the Spirit. As serious and as confident as we are that if you sow into the flesh, you will reap a harvest at some point of unrighteousness and of death. That same law applies to if you sow towards the Spirit. Some of us have more confidence that the fruit of our bad seed is going to happen than faith that the fruit of our righteous seed will manifest. You can believe God will judge or sin will judge. It's coming, it's coming, and we're saying amen, but we sometimes have a hard time believing that when you sow in righteousness and you sow faithfulness and you sow goodness and kindness and mercy and love and you're in the middle of your time period, you begin to doubt whether or not there's a harvest coming. My friends, it's a law. And if you can believe that the negative is manifesting, we should surely more believe that God's promises will manifest towards the Spirit regardless of how long it takes because the seed is linked to the Word of God, the incorruptible seed, which will produce, whether in our lifetime or beyond, those choices, remember, those thoughts, those actions, those choices will produce a harvest of the Spirit. Somebody get excited about that. Amen. You know, little things, little choices, like our little seeds we talked about here. We talked about little sins, but even little choices towards the Spirit. A little thing to not hold a grudge. Seems like a little thing, but it reaps a huge harvest down the line. A little thing about being faithful with your tithes and offerings just consistently now reaps a huge harvest towards people filling the throne room of God later. A little thing about guarding your eyes from looking at some, a woman lustfully. You know, the Bible tells us in the book of Job, chapter 31, verse 1, Job said this, I make a covenant with my eyes not to look at a young woman with lust. Just seems like a little thing to turn the channel. Come on, church, you hear me? It's a little thing to, you know, not look at girls who are dressed ways they shouldn't be dressed and just to turn your head and just not look at it. It just looks like a little thing, but it's going to produce a big harvest. Ladies, it looks like a little thing to wear something that's covering what you're supposed to be covering. Just a little thing, but you know what? It produces a huge harvest down the line. It changes the church. It changes the future. It helps people succeed. It produces harvests of righteousness. It's a little thing to turn off TV shows and things that, you know, people laugh at today of sin, but you, you choose not to laugh at sin. You choose to turn it off instead. It's a little thing that produces major harvests down the road. Not turning it off sows seeds towards unrighteousness and we'll have a harvest. Turning it off sows seeds towards righteousness. And there is a harvest coming. There is a harvest coming. And may we be expecting a positive harvest and be excited about a positive harvest that's coming. I want to talk to you about marriage, just for my last few minutes. Talk to you about marriage. 
That's really something that, to me, this principle has always been a part of our marriage, probably because my dad talked to me about it so long ago. I'm going to bring Maria up. Maria, would you come on up? Would you welcome Maria up, everybody? Yay! Remember, God gave you an imagination. Say imagination. imagination. To see into the future. Go ahead and have a seat. To see into the future. Either one, doesn't matter. This is the way this principle works out in marriage. I'm over here. Let's say I'm 50 years away from those rocking chairs. Rocking chairs aren't bad things, by the way. I like rocking out in a rocking chair. But with my imagination that God gave us, I have a picture of who I want us to be 50 years from now. Sitting on a porch, sitting by a lake somewhere, still holding hands, right? Having years of good memories to talk about, to still be close, and for her to still like me. Somebody say amen. <laughs> right? To not have a bunch of wounds and baggage and stuff that I put her through over those last 50 years. I want her chairs to be like this. Wanna rock with me? Let's rock out. <laughs> talking about trips we took, talking about ministry we got to be a part of, just being thankful, right? What I don't want, turn your chair that way, what I don't want is for us to have a marriage like this 50 years from now. We've drifted apart, she can't stand me, I can't stand her, and we've got no relationship. Do you understand this harvest didn't just happen? This negative harvest is parts of seeds that I'm gonna sow over the next 50 years. Turn her chair back. <laughs> this positive harvest is not by chance either. This is filled with little seeds of going to one another when we need to ask for forgiveness and just saying, I'm sorry. It just looks like a little thing, but it's not a little thing. It will produce a harvest if we faint not. Little words, remember, your seeds are thoughts, actions, words. If she's full of resentment, if she's full of hurt, is it possibly because for 50 years I sowed negative words into her and beat her down with my words for 50 years? Or maybe I withheld seeds of praise, seeds of thank you, I appreciate you, you're intelligent, you're such a powerful leader and mom and, you know, I'm so blessed that you're in my life. I love you. You understand, you can withhold seeds and it can cause a negative harvest. You can plant good seeds, it pronounces good harvest, or you can plant bad seeds. You see how those working, right? Is this making sense? If I want this 50 years from now, then I have to sow seeds for it. It will not happen on its own. And if I sow wrong seeds, I'm being unfaithful to her, I'm, you know, causing jealousy in our marriage or whatever, abuse, then this is never going to happen. Even if I wanted it, even if I imagined it, I never sowed seeds towards it. So if you can look down the line at where you're headed, you, you know where you're headed based on the seeds you're sowing. You know where you're headed based on the seeds you're sowing.
And if you want a better harvest, you have to change the seeds. You have to change the seeds. And those little choices you make to do the right thing, to say the right thing, to act in the way that the Bible tells us to act, they may not look like they're making a difference right now, but stay faithful because over time, they will produce a harvest of life. The Bible promises it. Is that good? All right, church, go ahead and give Maria a big thank you. Thank you, honey. Remember, it is impossible to plant seeds of a harvest that you don't want and receive the harvest that you do want. If you're planting seeds towards a harvest you don't want, you'll never receive the harvest that you do want. You need to sow seeds towards the harvest you want. And what are the seeds connected to that? What are the words? What are the actions? What are the thoughts connected to the harvest that you want down the line? The most successful people in life think often about who they're becoming and the direction of their life. That's what I'm asking you to not be negligent on today. Think about who you're becoming and the direction of your life. And then begin sowing seeds towards where you want to be and towards the spirit. Who am I becoming? What is my marriage becoming? What's my life producing? Do you want eternal fruit? Then start planting things towards eternal fruit. That's missions, that's tithing, that's all those things. Get on mission trips, start preaching the gospel, bring people to church with you. If you want eternal fruit in heaven, then you can't just focus on temporary things. Are you understanding this church? You're receiving this? Our futures are created by the seeds we sow today. Better harvests will require better thoughts. How do you get better thoughts? Renew your mind according to the word of God. Starts with thoughts, the seeds in your head, the thoughts in your head. Start with better thoughts. How do you get a better harvest? It's going to require better thoughts. It's going to require better actions. Say actions. And here's the cool part. I say it all the time. The Bible says God helps us to both will and do his good pleasure. The Holy Spirit is there to help you make the right choices, right? And to make the better actions. This is not God just telling you to fix yourself. He's saying, let me help you out. But you got to be willing to let him help you. Better thoughts, better actions, better words. You can make the decision to say that I want to say what God says about my situation and to stay in agreement with God. One last disclaimer. If you begin sowing better seeds today, you may not see the fruit of it for some time. I want to remind us of that. Because some of us might sit there and say, "Uh uh-oh, I've got some bad seed in the ground and I see a, a, a bad harvest on the horizon. Here's the wonderful part and the wonderful truth. We can repent and we can ask God to get involved and God has the ability to restore what the cankerworm and the palmer worm have eaten, eaten and bring back what the enemy has stolen. Amen? But you can begin to make better seeds, better choices now, but yes, it may still be time. Some people say, Pastor Kevin, I came and I asked God to forgive me and I began to do the right thing in my marriage or with the people around me, but everything didn't change. Keep sowing the right seeds. We know this to be true. If you keep sowing the right seeds, there's a harvest from the Spirit coming. If you go back to sowing the sinful wrong seeds, there's a harvest of death coming. There's nothing for you going back. Change your mind Start sowing seeds of righteousness according to the word of God and there will be a harvest, it is sure, at some point. Now, does that mean that you're going to be able to change everyone's opinion 
because people have a free will. Just because you start sowing the right seeds doesn't mean that everyone's going to agree or come back and understand that you've changed, but you're not doing it to manipulate or change them. Are you understanding this? You're doing it because it's the right thing. You're doing it because it's what God said, and there is a harvest of righteousness coming by being obedient to sowing the positive seeds. So please do not grow weary in doing good. Even if you start doing better and following God's word and will today, you may not see the fruit of it tomorrow, next year, five years, but you keep going and you will see the fruit of those positive seeds coming. It is a sure thing. Amen. Let's pray. Let me pray this into your heart. Bow your heads. Heavenly Father, right now, I thank you for your word today. I thank you for this truth of seed plus time equals harvest. And Heavenly Father, I ask that you help us to consider our ways. You help us to consider the harvest that, we, that we've set in motion. God, we do repent. God, we ask forgiveness. And perhaps even by your mercy, maybe there's some crop failure that you can bring into our lives. But God, we make a decision today to not keep going that direction, but to ask for your forgiveness, to ask for your help, and to begin sowing towards the Spirit, begin sowing towards actions of righteousness. God, help us to know what seeds to sow towards the harvest that we desire in our heart. Between husbands and wives, parents and children, business, the kingdom of God, eternity, give us a picture and give us the steps of seeds and help us to both will and do your good pleasure. I thank you. God, I pray no condemnation over this church right now. I'm not asking for condemnation. I'm asking your Holy Spirit to gently align and correct us and then become our helper out of the bad harvest, out of the bad habits, into your righteous harvest, into a life of the Spirit. God, help us. I thank you. That's why you preach this to us. It's because you're here to help us, not to point a finger, but to offer your hand. I give you thanks and I give you praise. In Jesus' name, church, if you agree with that, would you say an amen? Amen. Go ahead and celebrate God's word, would you please? Amen. Amen. Before we dismiss, I'd like to offer everybody an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The Bible says all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all need a Savior. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ the Lord. The Bible goes on to say that all who will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And I want to give you an opportunity today to call on the name of the Lord Jesus. Would you please bow your heads and close your eyes? Today, if you are not right with God for any reason, you've never given your life to him, you don't remember a time that you asked Jesus Christ to be your savior, then let's do that today. Or you say, Pastor Kevin, I've walked away from God and I wanna restart, I wanna recommit myself to him. When I count to three, either one of those two categories, just raise your hand right where you are and I'm gonna lead you in a prayer right at your seat. Are you ready? When I count to three, you're ready to give your heart to Jesus for the first time or to recommit yourself, then just pray your prayer with me right at your seat on the count of three. One, two, three. If that's you, would you put your hand up today? I want prayer. Pray for me, Pastor. I need to give my heart to Jesus today. Just put your hand up. There's a hand right there. I see your hand. Thank you. Anybody else? Put your hand up, and we'll pray for you today. Anybody else? There's a hand over there. I see you, sir. Awesome. Anyone else today? Let's pray a prayer. Would you all pray with me? 
No one leaving. Let's pray the prayer together so they're praying by themselves. Pray this with me. Dear God, I thank you that you see me just as I am. I realize I've sinned and I've walked away from you. I receive Jesus Christ today as my Lord and Savior. I believe that he died for me and he rose again. Please forgive me of my sin. Wash me, cleanse me, make me new. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Be my God. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you celebrate those two? And maybe more that might have prayed that? Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 1030 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.